the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. It's a free call at 888-825-5225. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you're here. Rachel is with us. Rachel is in Detroit. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me today. Sure. What's up? Okay, so I have a question. Me and my husband are completely debt-free except for a house. And it's actually a career question. Um, I've been working at this medical office for probably almost a decade. And um, I love my boss. I love the job. I love everybody I work with, and I love the hours. However, I have never got a raise since I've been there, and there is no benefits as far as, like, 401K, medical, anything like that. Ten years without a raise? Yes. I've been there almost ten years without a raise, yes. Have you asked them about that? Well, this is the thing. Um, uh, one One of my coworkers just left the office after being there for a long time and um he called me up and he said that he was going to give me a raise if I stayed with him until retirement and I said oh okay you know so I when I went to work I gave it about two weeks and I went into his office and I said um oh I was just wondering what happened to that raise that um you said something to me about and he said oh I'm not going to do that until I actually tell you I'm retiring and I'm like oh Okay, like, I don't know why you would say it, right, if you're not going to give me the raise, I guess. And so I don't know what to do in this situation because a part of me, my husband's telling me that I should go look for another job. And then a part of me is like, well, maybe I should stay here. But he is going to be retiring. I don't have a retirement date. I don't have anything. Another job just um, asked, is going to be offering me a job. I what do you that, make? Um, in, an hour or well, a year. What do you make a year? I make about 30000 Okay. And what do you do? I'm a receptionist. It's something I don't, I don't have to work, but I want to work because I want to pay our house off faster. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> What's the, uh, where, where do you want to be doing in 10 years? Good question. Um, I guess I want, I do like, rece- I'm good at customer service. So I do like receptionist type of work. Like so you want to keep people. working for the next 10 years doing something? I do. Yeah, okay. I do. I what, do want to work. The, the other I place that offered you less sure. money, why did they offer you less money than $30,000? The other place offered me a dollar less, but they have benefits. But then yeah. I'd be working more hours. <laughs> and I don't know what to do. Do you want to work I don't more know. hours? No, I don't. But okay. I want to make... So it sounds I like, it like, sounds like neither one of these are good jobs. I don't know what to do, and I don't I think have I look to, for work, another but I want one. to work. Look for yeah, a different, look I, for a different one. You, you kind of boxed yourself into a corner and, and told yourself it's either this or that, and that there's no other options out there. But there are other options out there if you if you keep casting your net out there. You might poke yeah. around and make fifty thousand doing customer service somewhere. Might okay. not be might not be as a receptionist, but you might just. Right. There's so many. There's such a labor shortage right now. It's a great time to be looking for a position. And, um, okay. you know, so, uh, yeah, I, just I, feel I think, like- I, I think I would slip into your doc's office first is that's who you're dealing with the doc, right? Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. notoriously horrible at running businesses. 
Um, so I, in leadership and those kinds of things, cause what he, <laughs> what he just did like violated like 73 leadership rules. Yeah. Okay. So I, yes, and yeah, I, was really I would just slip in it, there and you know? say, you know, I, um, I, um, I, I anticipated that you were going to go ahead and give me a raise based on the way you said that. Um, and if you're not going to, I'm going to let you know that, that I'm going to be leaving soon. Okay. All right. He's such a nice man. And that's the other thing that it's keeping no, me there. He's but, not. Um, no, he's not. Nice men do what they say they're going to do. Bingo. Yeah, that's true. That is true. He's passive aggressive is what he is. Right. And my husband has been telling me that I need to go and look for something different. Because, uh, yeah, you, I th- know, I, you know what? I'll change my mind. I wouldn't even I wouldn't but. even tell him. I would just go look for a job. <laughs> yeah, you can you're find... Not gonna, you're not going to fix this guy. You need to leave. You can find another job that you enjoy, that you love the people, that the person that you work for is a, is a nice man or a good person. That exists in other scenarios besides the one. It, this is just the one you're most familiar with and the one that you're used yeah. to. So don't right. let that make you think, oh, I'll never be able to find something like this. A good Again, you might find something better and you probably will. You'll yeah. probably find you, a better situation. Go ahead and lay out what you want. I want hours. I want this kind of money, mm-hmm. and I'd like to have benefits, okay. and then start looking for that, and I think you're going to find it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I want to say thank you to your plan, because honestly, right now, I'm in a great situation that I can pick and choose what I'm going to do. We have no debt. I only We have a house to pay off, and that's, exa- that's why I want to work. I want to work. I want to pay off the house faster if I work. And I want benefits. I want to have a 401k mm-hmm. through an employer. Even though I have my own opened up already, I would still like to have those benefits. Well, you it, know? it, it kind of has come down to um, you have served for 10 years with no, uh, w- without them giving you the items that give you dignity. Okay. For you, uh-huh. the 401k. Right. And the occasional tip of the hat, even if it's a dime an hour, at least it's a raise. Right. Just someone, right. yeah. someone saying you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. with, with yeah. phys- physically saying that, not just giving the words to it. Um, right. And so, uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, I could talk about how to ask for a raise and how to negotiate and all those kinds of things, but I don't think I would here. I'm with your husband. I think it's time to leave. I think I'm going to go look for something else. And, uh, because I mean, you've got this breakdown, if I'm you, I've got a breakdown of trust now, in addition to the other things. And so, um, and you're just so sweet and every, there's just no, there's no conflict or drama in the air Mm -hmm. or, uh, 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 actively out there in front of you. So you feel like it's all safe, but there is conflict and drama under the surface here and it's, it's just not bubbled up. Yeah, and it and I don't think this is the case with her. I think that she's probably done a great job at work. But if for some reason she was doing a crap job at work and they didn't think she was worth giving a raise, then that's still a leadership problem. They should have had a conversation. Exactly. They should have said so on either side of this pendulum. Which again, I don't. I think that you probably did an exceptional job at work. It's just not good. It's bad business. Ten years. Ten years. That's a long time. Not oh. even ten cents. Not even a not even a nickel. <laughs> not even a nickel. Uh, uh, get out. Uh, get out while you can. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> go find something else, hon. I think you I think you'll be happier in the long haul. Yeah. You just need someone 
work should have dignity to it. Yes. And you have to give dignity to it in the organization that you're in. It's not hard. You just have to do it. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Hey, we kicked off our Building Wealth Live event tour in January here in Nashville, and meeting you guys in person was a lot of fun. Hey, we're hitting the road again in two weeks, and we want to see you there. Don't miss your chance to see our team of Ramsey Personalities and me live in person for Building Wealth 2023. February 16th, two weeks, I'll be in Indianapolis with Rachel Cruz, George Camel, and Jade Warshaw. And then we're heading to Austin, Texas, February 23rd, the next week, with Ken Coleman, Dr. John Deloney, and Jade Warshaw. April 24th, I'll be in Salt Lake City with Rachel Cruz, George Campbell, and Christina Ellis. And our final stop of the tour is Anaheim on May 2nd with me, Ken Coleman, Dr. John Deloney, and Christina Ellis. Tickets are only $49. You can get a four-pack for $175. These typically sell out completely. They did all last fall. And, uh, well, Indianapolis still got a couple seats left and uh, not, not normal for two weeks out. But if you want to come, get in there. Uh, same thing for uh, Austin, Texas. The, you can still get tickets, uh, but not for long. There's just a few left. So RamseySolutions.com slash events is where you get your tickets. RamseySolutions.com slash events. Our question of the day comes from Teresa in the Ramsey Baby Steps community, which is a community of uh, – it's approaching a million people now on Facebook, a private Facebook community, the Ramsey Baby Steps community. You can join it. Jade? Yeah. Question of the day. She says, can you explain the zero-based budget versus having margin in my checking account? How do I budget to zero yet still have money left over as a cushion in my account? I probably shouldn't actually have zero in the account. Should I? <laughs> I love this question. No, you should not have zero in your account. So when it comes to zero-based budgeting, the whole idea there is that you're giving every dollar an assignment. All right. You're not gonna just, you know, let it fly and just say, well, I've got, you know, four thousand dollars to budget and I'm just gonna budget, you know, the stuff that matters. No, you budget every dollar and what is very important to do is make sure that you have a line item that is some sort of a cushion or a, you know a category so that you're not totally at zero because what if something happens what if you know well, grandma's yeah, birthday yeah, yeah. pops up you know you don't want to just have zero right so i keep a line item that's like you know a little cushion so that you're not at zero but that money does have a purpose yeah, zero based applies not to the balance of your account it applies to your income so when you get your paycheck, it should be spent on paper 100% before you get your paycheck. Every dollar have an assignment. Now, if you leave 100 bucks or 200 bucks in your checking account, then the, and you add your income to it and you spend all your income, there'll still be $200 in the checking account. So you've still got a baseline in there. Right. You can do it that way or you can enter the line item in the uh, budget either one if you want but you're right do you you are right um teresa do not take your 
bank account to zero. Yeah, that's but dangerous. But do give every one of your dollars a name. See, the thing is this. Most people uh, wonder where their money went instead of telling it what to do. And my friend John Maxwell says a budget is people telling their money what to do instead of wondering where it went. It's that mm-hmm. simple. Giuseppe is with us in New York City. Hi, Giuseppe. What's up? Hi, Dave. How are you today? Better than I deserve. How can I help? I'm good. Um, I have a question. I have a Toyota Corolla uh, SE edition, I guess you can say. Um, I bought the car in 2020. It hasn't been a, a financial burden for me. I've been making my payments on time. It's early. Uh, my normal payment is 325. I pay 500. Um, but the funny thing is, is I have all the money to pay off this car right now. And I don't know what has been stopping me to just write a check and pay it off. Today, I just paid off a credit card for something that was a stupid debt, as you like to call it. And um, my goal really in the future is to buy myself a condo. It's always been one of my dreams. And I know I'm not going to get there if I have this car payment in front of me. Um, I live with my parents. Um, I'm 32. And I just don't know what's stopping me from paying this debt. What is stopping you from paying the debt? If you want to pay it and you have the cash to pay it, pay it. I mean, here's the thing. I feel like you've got a lot of things in front of you that you want to do. So let's just take it in order and, and, and get ourselves together. So if you've got money set aside, how much money do you have set aside? Um... Well, the car is about eleven thousand five hundred I owe, and I have about close to maybe eighteen five saved already. All right, so we'll walk through the baby steps. So the way we teach here is a series of of baby steps that we walk through in order. So the first one would be having a thousand dollars saved as a starter emergency fund. So for this purpose, I would set a thousand dollars aside. That leaves you with seventeen thousand. And now we get into your debt, which is baby step two. We're paying off all of our debt except a mortgage. Um, so how much debt do you have total, not just the Corolla? Um, well, I just paid off a, cre- a credit card that was t- uh, about $1,400. All right, that one's I gone. Paid that off. Mm-hmm. That's gone. And I think I owe like $127 right now on one of my credit cards. And I actually recently just paid that off yesterday. So that uh, one's gone? That. Okay. Yeah, so I think I'm, for right now, I'm credit card debt free. All your debt, not just your credit cards. I want to know how much total debt you have. Car, debt everything. Just be, the car is about 11500 Right. And then no more credit cards, so just the car. Okay, no student loans, nothing like that, right? No, okay. no student loans. So no. we've got the $1,000 set aside, and then out of the 17000 remaining, we're going to take 11500 and pay off the Corolla, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then from then, we're going to go to baby step three, which is to have three to six months saved. Now, for you, what does that look like? Three to six months of, of expenses. I know you said you're living with your parents. So what does that look like? Uh, well, I, the thing is, I work, I work whenever I possibly can. I work for Amazon Delivery, um, and that has been an up and down battle because... Right, but um, what would it take for you to have three to six months of expenses saved based off of your lifestyle? It wouldn't take that long because I, I'm a very right. good. You almost have it. Day. Yeah, I mean, you've already you, got six thousand yeah. left, six or seven thousand dollars laying around, and you don't really have any expenses at this point. 
And then yeah, it, I really don't. Yeah. So if your goal is to get a house rent. and your goal is to get a more stable career than Amazon delivery, uh, the credit cards are in your way. The car payments are in your mm-hmm. way. You need to get scissors out and have plastic surgery this afternoon, my man. Mm-hmm. Chop those cards yeah. up and you need to get on a cash basis for operating your life and with no no car payments anymore because you're going to pay them off when you get off the phone right now then you're going to pile up as much cash as you can pile up beyond your emergency fund to get your down payment moving towards your house and help you make the transition into the career so the problem is um there's a lot of things in your life that you're doing at 70 percent and i want you to turn it up to a hundred you 70% want to get out of debt. You 70% are working towards buying a house. You 70% are working on your career. And it's time for you to light a fire under your butt and tar- start taking these things to a 10. Mm-hmm. So write a check today, pay off the car, cut up the credit cards, get a debit card. Don't spend money you don't have. You're not in Congress. And, and then get your butt in gear on your career. Get your butt in gear and go get you a place to live and go have a life. Yeah. And the place to live doesn't, you don't have to, we're not talking about spending years more in your parents' house, no. saving up money a to get a place. very short period of time. Yes. It's time for you to get in gear. Yes. On a bunch of things here. Really get in gear. I mean, go hard. Yeah. It's time to go hard. Because you're you're getting mediocre results in every area of your life because you're playing at seven instead of playing at ten, and I want you to play for the freaking Super Bowl, man. I want you to go for it because you got that inside of you. Thank you for calling in, sir. Hey, if you like this show, the best thing you can do for us is leave a five star review. Mama said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. <laughs> Share the show. Share it on. Uh, Spotify, on Apple, share it on YouTube, and subscribe. If you're in, if you're listening as a podcast or on YouTube, subscribe. It helps the algorithm. It helps lead people to the show. You are our number one way of spreading the word. And as of today, we've had one billion YouTube views and one billion podcast downloads. Thank you, America. Marshall Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America, in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Peter and Maria are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, hey Dave. Dave. We're doing great. Welcome. Where do you guys live? Kennesaw, Georgia. Oh, yeah. Just outside of Atlanta. Just down the road here, not far. Good. Good to have you guys. Welcome. Glad Appreciate be you being here. How much debt did you pay off? It was just under a hundred thousand dollars, around ninety-eight thousand. Okay. And how long did this take? Just under three years. Okay. And your range of income during that time? We were around the hundred and fifty thousand to hundred and sixty thousand. Cool. What do y'all do for a living? I'm in sales. Mm-hmm. And I'm a flight attendant for a major US airline. Awesome. Very cool. Good for you guys. What kind of debt was the hundred thousand? There were a lot of normal. It was two cars. We had student loans, some credit card, and then some home repairs. Ah, okay. normal indeed. You were normal, <laughs> yeah. Normal sucks, and you had it down. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. So, how long have you guys been married? 
Three years. November was three years ah, for us. Ah, so you got married and went on the game plan. Yes. Tell, tell, me about the, tell me the story how this happens. Go ahead, Pete. So we were in marriage prep, and uh, Deacon Gary, giving you a shout out here, he was doing our marriage prep, and um, I was in a transition of jobs. I wasn't uh, really making... A, as what I thought I should be. And so um, transitioning into a new job into sales and um, I was just stressed. I was anxious about money. I was nervous and worried. And, and I asked him one day after our session, I was like, I don't, I'm just I'm worried about this. And, and he just said a couple of words. He said, check out Dave Ramsey. Mm. <laughs> so I found your, your podcast and just started listening on Spotify and that's it. And then just started to uh, keep listening. This was before we got married. So it wasn't until probably a couple months after we got married that I found out about Dave Ramsey. Uh-oh, he kept it a secret. <laughs> I was a he Dave Doubter. He sprung it on you after it was too late. <laughs> I was a Dave Doubter for a long time. We Uh-oh. were not uh, on the same page at first. Well, so no I, wonder. He sprung it on you. <laughs> but I always told Pete, I don't I don't always trust Dave, but I trust you. So, oh, wow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. I like it. So we had a lot of really, um, really de- like tough conversations. Mm-hmm. We learned a lot about each other, like what our um, childhoods were like, like surrounding money, you yeah. know, different ways our family handled money growing up. And um, Did you read Rachel's book on that? Not yet. No, no. she's got oh, a book called Know Yourself, Know Your Money, and she goes into all the family history. It's very yeah. good. Okay. So, That's interesting. Um, we finally... I, I got on the same page as Pete, and I think that's when we just really started steamrolling. And um, yeah, It was about two months after marriage. We got back from our honeymoon and, and really just hit and the ball running. We, we, we knew <laughs> we bought a new car, and then uh, we realized that we really got to get serious. So it was creating a budget and getting on the same page. Wow. So you did that one silly thing right after getting married, and then it was like, okay, now, yeah. now we go, now we go. Yeah. Exactly. So who's the spender? Is that you, Maria? It, yeah, it was me. Yeah. Um, I had to, I always felt like my sacrifice was bigger because <laughs> I, uh, I had to cut back on spending. But in the end, we realized that we, um, we were both really contributing. You know, we each had strengths and when I, it was hard for me, I, uh, he would encourage me. And when it was, you know, something he wanted to spend on, I had to, we had to redirect each other a lot. Um, we kind of had some tough things outside of paying off debt that um kind of coincided with what we were going through mm-hmm. my mom moved in with us uh she lived with us for about a year and a half after like right probably within the first six months that we got married wow. brand new marriage and your mother-in-law moved in with you. <laughs> that, um that's a lot we suffered five miscarriages during <sighs> this time Ooh. and um yeah i mean anytime you're going through grief Sometimes yeah. spending money, it would have felt really good to yeah. add something to the house yeah. or um, buy new furniture or whatever. But it, you know, paying off debt was like great, but everything else that kind of spilled out into all the different parts of our life and in, um, the way our relationship grew through this process is really kind of like we could have never imagined it. Yeah. Wow. Did I, did I? Did I accidentally hear you say it's valuable to learn to process grief without and, and do it properly without mm. improperly doing it? Yeah, it, it kind of forced us to come together and, yeah. and communicate. Instead and, of um, go to Target. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our <laughs> exactly. first three years of marriage definitely were not normal by any means. And it was definitely difficult. It was yeah. very easy to just say, oh, we don't want to do this anymore. Let's just go back to the way we were doing things. But we had to work together. It really brought us closer. What was your What was your why? What kept you going forward? Because like you said, I mean, to your point, many people may have quit. May have people, many people may have said, you know, yeah. well, we'll come back to this later. 
but what made you continue through? Pete, you can say yours and then I'll give mine. We started to, I started to feel the, the peace and freedom that came every, when we were doing the baby steps and, and knocking off those lowest debts. And, and once they were gone, uh, I started to feel that freedom. And so it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And mm. that's what I loved. And, and to have a household where um, our future children will not understand what debt is or even know what it is, that's, that was my why. Amen. Amen. For me, it was actually more, um, I, I have volunteered in places and I've um, been blessed with people who have been able to give. And you always say, live like no one else and give like no one else. And I want to be able to walk into our church one day or into a pregnancy resource center and say, look, here's a check. We yeah. want to help. So, Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, it, those are both great wise and they both coexist. I mean, that's, that's fabulous. Well done, you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Who was cheering you on outside the two of you? It was really just I mean, Deacon our Gary. Yeah, yes. Gary. <laughs> Deacon Gary. Uh, our families were supportive. We didn't have many, many naysayers. Uh, maybe the, not the biggest cheerleaders, but they're always like, "Hey, oh, cool, they're great." And, <laughs> yeah, good yeah, for that you. That sounds fun. Uh, but we really had to motivate each other. Yeah. It was uh, it was us two, and and really once we finally got on page together, and Maria, we came together. That's it. Just was the uh, the big snowball from there. What do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? You paid off a hundred thousand dollars in the first thirty six months of your marriage, <laughs> and endured hardship. Yes, it. You have to work together. That was yeah, it. We, we had to know where our money was going, but we we had to work together. And uh, our first, the first couple months, or maybe even the first year, uh, when Maria didn't fully believe in the in the baby steps. We weren't making that much progress, but once we came together officially, there was nothing stopping it. I think setting a deadline is really helpful too. Pete wanted to be debt free by 30 and we hit it right on the mark. So yep. that was big. Mm, very wow. good. Very cool. Good for you guys. So what uh, what convinced you, Maria, to jump on board after that, that st- first year of struggle? Um, so there was a moment... Pete actually picked up a side gig during this whole time. He got his real estate license and sold a couple houses and um, eventually tried commercial real estate. It didn't work out. It wasn't a good fit, but he had signed a contract. And in order to break that contract, he had to pay back some money. And the idea of going to work and coming home and handing over this person a thousand, you know, it was Mm. $2,000 kind of made me sick. Like I was like, we've been working so hard to pay off this money. We pay it out. Like we had the, we had our um, emergency fund. We cash flowed the rest. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm never having debt again in my life. So I think she was able to really see, we finally had margin in our budget. All the money wasn't going to a bank or or some sort of debt. and And then it got mad. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That did it. <laughs> I like it. Anger, I like it. Anger I like will it. do it every time. <laughs> That'll do it. Hey, we got the live and give bundle for you guys to say thank you for making the trip to do your debt-free scream here in the lobby. That's the uh, Total Money Makeover book and the Baby Steps Millionaires book, both number one bestsellers, and a uh, membership to Financial Peace University if you've been through it or haven't been through it. All of those are for you to use or to give away or both. So thank you. Thank you guys for being here. Very well done. Very proud of y'all. Well done. Thanks. Peter and Maria Marietta, Kennesaw, Georgia. 100,000 paid off in three years, making 150 to 160. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, Three, two, one. We're debt-free. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it's done. If you start your marriage that way, 
boy, do you set yourself up to win. Powerful, powerful guys. Rock stars, heroes. Well done. This is the Ramsey Show. Scripture of the day, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Dr. May Jimison, Jimison, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. The first African-American female astronaut said, never be limited by other people's limited imaginations. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. that. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Nick is in Kansas City. Hey Nick, welcome to the Ramsey show. Hello. Hey, what's up? Um uh well, I had kind of a weird question. Okay. So, uh I've been work I've been working for my company for a pretty long time. I don't want to get real specific, but it's a construction company. And the owner of my company I'm pretty high up on the chain. I'm <laughs> basically running the place now, but um, he had offered to sell the company to me. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to a few different people, mm-hmm. and nobody really wants to talk to me about it. And I don't really understand why. You, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Talk, T- talk to you about what? Uh, I, it seems like they only want to, they want to talk like I've talked to my banker and he's like, I really can't help you unless I talk to him. I want to know what he wants. And I'm like, well, I, I don't really know how to facilitate my situation further. Cause I, I want to know more about the process. Your banker doesn't have to, to do talk this. to him. That's absolute bull crap. Yeah. I, Your I, banker's blowing you off. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, do I, where do I need to go? Who do I need to, who do I need to talk to to get more information? Well, we can talk about it a minute here. Um, there, there may be some uh, uh, some small business mentors in the area. You may find someone in a construction company of similar size in another city that you could call up and ask and just say, hey, I'm we're similar size over here. This guy's talking about selling to me. Would you give me five minutes on the phone and talk to the owner of it and go, what would you do? And asks other people right. in the same industry, what's he? how much does he want for it? Well, I, I would think that the company is probably worth as a whole probably around six $6 million. Why do you think that? Uh, I've been working there a pretty long time, and I know how much it's worth. <laughs> no, that, that, no, you don't. Um, you just know what it makes. Where no, did you, where did you get uh, that I would, valuation? I would, I would say that there's probably about $2 million worth of work on the books. Um, I'd say within the assets of the company, I'd say there's probably $4 million. Okay. That's not, that's not how you value a company. 
Okay. Okay. There's three ways you can value a company. One of them is the multiplier of your gross revenues, and that won't work in this situation. The second way you can value a company is a multiple, a cap rate on the actual net profit after all bills are paid, the actual net profit as a multiple, okay? Three, it would either be four or five times that number, which would be a 20 or a 25% rate of return for the investor buying it. And you would not pay any more than a three or a five multiple of net profit in this case. The third way you can value it is book value, which is what happens if you close it and you sell off the assets. But you don't add the assets to the income to create the value. Okay. You're doubling up the value then. So all the assets totaled yeah. up, the, the equipment, the inventory, that kind of stuff. What are the actual assets, the hard assets worth, do you think, roughly? You said four million. Ma- you said four million, didn't you? I'd I'd say the hard assets, mm-hmm. all the equipment, and everything. Mm-hmm. Two million. Okay, so that least. that's what it's worth if you close it. He can get that right. just selling off the yeah. stuff. So usually, book yeah. value is is the is the bottom line cheapest price a business is worth. It's worth at least that. Okay. Because we can close it and do that. And then, so it's probably really worth about four or five times the net profit, not the gross, not, not $2 million on the books or $4 million on the books of work, because the work doesn't make profit all of it. It's not 100% profit. Right. So, and you probably don't know what the hardcore bottom line profit is, do you? No, that's pretty tight. Yeah, that's his, that's on his tax return. That. Okay. Yeah, he's gonna tell me that. So you, yeah, he, he's gonna tell you that, or he's not gonna sell you the company. Well, at some point, he's gonna have to get a little deeper in conversation. You're gonna have to get that number, or he's not gonna buy it. No one's gonna buy this company unless they get that number. Nobody. Right. He can't sell right. it. Nobody. I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. And if he tells me it's not all on his tax returns, that means he's a liar. Now I really don't trust him. <laughs> okay. He's a pretty nice guy. So I, I don't care if he's a nice guy or not. Th- lots of li- lots of nice guys lie really on their taxes. Either. So the the thing is this: then uh, you th- you guys are doing gross revenue. How much construction work a year? Oh man! You said you had four million on the books, right? Yeah. So are yeah. you doing? Are you doing twelve million a year? At least. Yeah. All right. And so if you're on a 10% margin, you're making a million dollars a year profit. I'm going to guess. Yeah. Okay. And if we did four times that, the building, the thing's worth 4 million, which if you've got assets of two, that's probably about right. right. So if it's a million dollar profit and we said 25% rate of return, that's four times. So it would be worth about 4 million. You don't even, you can't get close to $4 million yourself. Can you? No. Okay. That's so here's thing. how you, here's how you're going to structure that. To that. If you find all of this out, and if you get down to the bottom of it, and if it were $4 million, here's how you structure it without going to the stupid banker, because apparently he's not going to be any help. Um, no. <laughs> what, I, what I would do is tell the owner, let's say we find all of that out, and my example turns out to be true, it, to, to, so you and I can talk through it. It may not be exactly that, okay? But if you right. find out it's a million-dollar profit, so the thing's probably worth about $4 million, and you agree on $4 million as a price, if he wants six million, he's overpriced. Okay, but if he wants four yeah. million on a four on a one million dollar profit, that's probably about right. Then you would say, all right, 
here's what I will do. I will give you 100% of the profits after I pay myself my old salary and you keep paying yourself the old salary after you become the owner and you give him 100% of the profits until he gets his 4 million. Then if profits are down, you're not bankrupt. But if you go finance the stupid 4 million and, oh, wait a minute, real estate slows down. Oh, wait a minute. The fed raises interest rates. Oh, wait a minute. Biden drives the economy in a ditch, you're bankrupt because you got to pay yeah. payments whether they don't care if you're making a profit at the bank. They want their money. Right. So if right. you structure a deal based on profit goes to him, he's going to get all his money in four years or less because if you get more profitable after he leaves, you're going to still give him all the profit after you pay your thing until, until you got him paid out at $4 million. The price doesn't change, just the speed at which you give him his money changes. Right. That structure will get you through this deal, brother, without you getting your throat cut. But be careful. So that's a great that's great for Nick, right? Because he's not going into debt for it. Can you explain, Dave, is there a benefit for the current business owner to take a deal structured like that as opposed to some guy who may have just gone to the bank? Well, number one the likelihood of someone being able to go to the bank to buy that business mm-hmm. without substantial assets is almost zero. Okay. Nick cannot bank that. Nick is an employee with no asset base. True that. They're not going to give him 100% financing on a construction company when he's never owned a construction company, and he right. has nothing to put down. Mm-hmm. That's not a bankable deal. Bank's going to look at that and go, no. If they would do it, they're stupid and they're they're getting ready to go down with him. <laughs> that's right. But they're not going to do it. Okay. So the only person that's going to be a buyer for this is somebody like me. If I wanted to buy a construction company, I've got the money to buy that. Right. Then I'm not giving him four million dollars. Ah, uh, because you're a cash. I'm going to write a check and it's going to be two million dollars. Ah, I love this conversation. That's how this works. Okay. Hey, if you've got uh, business questions, I'm also hosting now the Entree Leadership Podcast. Uh, You can send them to entreeleadership.com slash ask and be a part of that podcast with your small business questions. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace. Christ Jesus. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jade. Look, if you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.